0: OK, now if I was to ask you how well do you really know your partner, uh, what would you say? Completely? We have no secrets. I know them as well as I need to. Uh, well, what if I was to ask you how well you knew them sexually? And I'm not just talking about what they like and don't like. I'm talking sexual history, fantasies, the works. Uh, according to the experts, there are at least five key topics you should be discussing uh, with your partner before you even get to sex, especially if you want to minimise your chances of an awkward moment in bed. Because uh, ultimately... Ultimately, when you and your partner do become intimate, great sex is the goal. We get that. We know that. Joining us now is sex therapist uh, Rian van Feik, to share some great advice and uh, to take your calls and questions. Uh, Rian, great to have you back with us. Thanks so much for joining us this evening.
1: Hi, Sarah Jane. Thanks for being able to join you guys.
0: All right. Do we really need to know everything about our partners sexually?
1: Yeah, that's a... That's actually a trick question. <laughs> I, from from a, um, an experience point of view, it really depends on how mature the partners are in terms of her, uh, their own sexual self-esteem. Oh. I won't advise sharing everything because sometimes what's in the past should just remain there, you know. And, um, and we all have the right to our privacy. But certain things obviously is, um, is better to share and, and actually will be a good thing to share. Like if you've been exposed to sexual abuse in the past, which may influence your sexual relationship, then it's good to share. You don't have to go into the details, but share that with your partner so that he or she, uh, you know, doesn't get any surprises. Mm,
0: mm. What sort of impact, let's just sticking with that topic, what sort of impact can uh, sexual abuse have on uh, sexuality and, and se- sexual relationships down the line?
1: Yeah, and in, in, in from what I'm seeing in, in practice is um, a, a lot of sexual desire issues may stem from sexual abuse. Mm. Um and that may lead to, you know, when you're busy with a sexual play and going into the act, that some of the the, the moves or, or, or words or expressions may be conditioned into the partner, the abuse partner's mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. And that may trigger negative or adverse effects when you're in bed. So it really is best to speak about that, talk about that openly and for the for the partner that's perhaps not abused to really be supportive in that manner and be patient
0: mm, absolutely, just going back to that first question and so essentially what we're saying is that it's about the maturity of of the partners and the maturity of um attitudes to sex and sexuality, so full disclosure isn't necessarily the key to a better relationship and therefore to better sex
1: no, no definitely not i you know, full disclosure about about all your, you know, your whole past sexual history may actually damage a a possibly good relationship going forward. If you, if your, if the partners aren't as mature, if one of the partners has been, uh, you know, has been abused previously or what even, you know, there's, you don't know what your history will bring into your partner's, uh, Um, Psyche, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, no, I definitely think that in most cases, you know, that um, the past should remain exactly where it is in the past, Mm. except certain things, you know, like I said, like abuse, or uh, obviously if you have been, you know, you had past bisexual experiences, Mm -hmm. You may not be presenting bisexual at this stage. I think those are things also that um, may benefit your partner. But again, um, the relationship as well as the two individuals must be mature enough and open enough and create a safe space for one another to be able to share that effectively.
0: Okay well the first thing then that uh, our experts say is that we need to share with our partners um, and uh, that's our fantasies our fetishes and desires so does that mean then that if I'm a bondage queen or a secret dominatrix then I need to just give my partner sort of a a little heads up and say listen this is what I'm into um let's discuss.
1: Yes I there, I'm absolutely on board with with what the expert says mm. because you know what, it, it it can be a shock and not only a surprise if you think that you're into kink. You know what they say about the difference between kinky and kink. You know, kinky is when you play with a, with a feather, right. and kink is when you play with old chicken type of thing. You know, <laughs> so that may be a shocking experience to your partner. <laughs>
0: I've never heard that. That's fantastic. Okay. How would one go about bringing that up? Because if you are somebody perhaps who has who errs on the side of slightly more conservative sex and then your partner suddenly um comes out and she's wearing she or he's wearing a full leather suit, a gimp mask and and has got a paddle in their hand. I mean that might come as uh she says, speaking yeah. from experience, yeah. uh that might come as a bit of a shock. <laughs> yeah.
1: If they get your partner to run, you know? Yeah. No, I think the best place is not to be in the bedroom, not being uh. part of your full play or your sexual play, to get into a neutral space and to say, you know, and, and start to share openly and, and cautiously. It's like trust. Trust is built up step by step, but it gets broken down by one by one event. Mm. So it's really about trusting a little bit, sharing a little bit, see how your partner uh, responds to that, and then go deeper. And I think it's really about being careful and be considerate, and, and, uh, but you have to do that, especially if you plan to spring the sur- surprise in bed, you know, yeah. type of thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've uh, had a message that's come in uh, on the SMS line from Anonymous who says, I told my husband about a rape fantasy that I'd had for years. He completely freaked out, and our sex life and relationship hasn't been the same. How can I explain to him that it's just a fantasy? Also, is it quite common?
1: Yes. In terms of how common it is, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about percentages, but it is quite common, uh, um, you know, with many women. So, yeah, I think again, it is about really s- s- sitting down, not during, not in the bedroom, mm-hmm. because that's a place where you want to experience love and, and, and connection, but take a you know, take it, get it to the neutral space and Sit and talk about it because it's all about communication. Tell your partner.
0: How does one no, sorry there's sorry there's to interrupt like how, how yeah i mean how does one i mean that would be, for some people that might seem like quite an extreme fantasy um the, mm. i mean when we talk about rape we're, we're we're more often than not not talking about it in terms of consensual um fantastical exactly. you know I, I intimate th- things that are going on between between two consensual partners so how does one explain and i i guess if it's not something that you have experienced or you feel to hear your partner say I have yes. a, fant- a, a rape fantasy might be quite frightening
1: I'm, I'm sure it is but what, one must remember that fantasies in actual life are two different things mm. and many people have fantasies of many things but they will never ever want to ex- actually experience it in life especially these the fantasies of, of, of abuse and rape mm. So most people will never go there. It's, it's a fantasy and it's about, you know, losing control and it makes it sometimes easier for women to say, hey, you know, I've been overwhelmed or, you know, I, I, you know, it, it, I was overcome with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is such a personal thing and I think the, if, if it really boils down to a, a, a major problem in the relationship... It's best to get, perhaps speak with someone that's experienced, a therapist or a counselor, just to, you know, put the partner's mind at ease as well.
0: Okay, thanks very much for that. We'll go to uh, Alan, who sent in a message on the SMS and says, SJ, I was abused as a child and never told anyone. Uh, It has severely affected my ability to have a fulfilling sex life, and as such, I've always avoided getting into relationships. I'll be 50 this year, and a friend suggests I try online dating to find someone special. How do I make sure I don't mess up when it comes to sex? Sure, that's tough.
1: That's 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 a hard one. You know, unfortunately, in my experience, people are very, it's very difficult for individuals to really work through these types of abuse and and, and on their own. I would really recommend finding a a counselor or or a sex therapist uh, or a psychologist that specializes in sexuality issues to go and sit and work through this. You know, it doesn't have to take forever, but I would imagine that it's a, investment worth your while well into your own life and to have a proper sexual expression because of that. Otherwise it's going to be extremely difficult and it may be damaging to a possibly a good relationship.
0: How- how would one, and and in your experience, when when you're dealing with um, someone who has been abused, um, and and in Alan's situation that they want to overcome, yes. they want to have a healthy, happy, and fulfilling sex life. Where does one start to take out the trauma, uh, the pain, perhaps the sh- the guilt and shame um, that that often come with with sexual trauma and sexual abuse? <laughs> where does one start in that in that process?
1: I think the 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 place to start. Is to start to talk about that, and and to talk about the
0: not abuse.
1: Only to talk about the abuse and not only describe the the, the the facts of the abuse, but to to describe the emotions that you experience during the abuses as well. Because it's when we the more we talk about it, the more it normalizes, and the more we express our emotions, the better we can work through the pain and the emotions. But sometimes I really think that, you know, you need a, a person that's well-versed in this to, to help you through the tough times. It, it's, it's not always advisable to go back to the pain. You know, there are different treatment models uh, to help people with that. But I think the starting point is, is to start someone, to take someone in your, in your confidence and to start to share
0: how important is it, uh, Rianne, that we set sexual boundaries in a relationship? Because often, for some people, y- you can—you may be in the throes of, of, of passion and think that something is uh, consensual or that your partner has agreed to that, and then perhaps they haven't. I guess, particularly in kink or, or BDSM, I mean, sh- should we all have the equivalent of, of a safe word? Or again, is this about uh, communication? Uh, for example, when people say um, "sex," often you're just thinking about vaginal intercourse, but of course, there's a there's oral sex that, so do you need to kind yeah. of sit down and discuss okay well I'm up for all of that or, or only, I'm only up for this or you know
1: yes the best way to do it is again to speak about it up front to, to define your boundaries and your desires um, up front and discuss it with your partner it may change over time obviously the more you trust each other and the more you have good experiences together it may change, but uh, when you go into the sexual act, you know, it, it would be great if you know beforehand what, what your sexual identity permits and allows and your partner, and to know your partner. So communication is, again, key, but preferably before you start with, with sexual play or intercourse.
0: Okay. the the other the other issue that often comes up is uh, what each partner may consider as being cheating, or or what the boundaries of the relationship are in that regard. Um, you know, everyone's not everyone's definition of of commitment and what a committed relationship looks like, um, is the same. How do you go about having those those discussions? Because for it may be that you're you are you communicate beautifully together, but you just cannot agree to 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 one thing. For example. Some people may consider that watching pornography is equivalent to cheating, whereas others wouldn't feel that at all. Some people may even feel that having sex with somebody else, as long as you're disclosing it to your partner, um, isn't yes. cheating. Is there a particular uh, standpoint? And, and, and when it comes to pornography, can that be harmful when it comes to affecting intimacy in a relationship?
1: Yes. Our sexual identity is so intricate and so unique to us. And obviously, we have different values and different experiences. Most people think that their sexual behavior is normal, and most people will act similarly to, to, to them. Mm. It's this, this, this bias that we have, that we are normal or typical. Communication, again, is key. You need to understand your partner and know what, what, what is part of the partner's sexual identity. But sexual compatibility, you know, as part of our sexual identity, we have lifestyles with uh, gender roles and definitions and all those type of things. And that needs to be defined beforehand and you have to know your partner because sexual compatibility is key. Mm. If you are so far apart, you know, in terms of your value system and viewpoints, even a compromise may, be not, may not be good enough and satisfying enough for you. And then it's, time to make a tough decision and rather to say, you know what, we are so different that we're not going to be able to allow each other fulfillment. And then it's better to to go elsewhere
0: mm, mm. Well, we've had a question on that from Kevin who says before getting into my current relationship I began experimenting with kink and BDSM and really enjoyed it my current partner prefers things more vanilla <laughs> which has meant yes. that I've been yes. hesitant to say anything about my fantasies but they were previously a big part of my life can this relationship work if I'm constantly holding back my true fantasies Kevin thanks so much for that and thanks for your honesty yes,
1: yes you know in Kevin's case it again boils down to how strongly this is integrated into his sexual identity. If it's very strongly integrated into his sexual identity, you'll have to speak about that because eventually it will, you know, it will boil over and it, uh, and it may damage the relationship. But I found that many people are, you know, sort of silently uh, wanting to experiment or open to experimentation And if the partner is sharing, you know, they can come to some sort of an agreement and and, and define the rules beforehand and then have a satisfying sexual relationship and a strong relationship.
0: Do we have a responsibility? Here's a question for you. Do we have a responsibility to fulfill All of our partner's sexual desires. I mean, is it, is it fair to be in a relationship with somebody? And I'm not, I'm not talking about consent. I mean, obviously that, that's, that, that is what it is. But, but if your partner says, well, listen, I, I only, you know, really enjoy sex if it means that I'm, you know looking at your feet or i've got a foot fetish and and, and that's around it but if you're somebody who thinks well actually that's not re- what really does it for me i mean wh- where where does compromise come in i mean it's 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 different if there's a if it's a hard no for somebody but if you're somebody yeah. thinks well you know I'm, it doesn't really do it for me but mm, you know if, if you want to but i mean do we have a responsibility to meet our our lover's sexual needs
1: you know it is- irrational to think that we will be able to fulfill all your partner's sexual or emotional needs Mm. that is that is not a rational approach to life life doesn't work like that so what the best that we can that we can hope for is to fulfill each other's needs to such an extent that we both satisfied but no, it's an illusion. You won't be able to do that. And I don't think it's necessarily desirable. You can have a good relationship by fulfilling most of what the others need and then define how to, to, to supplement the rest in some way or other if, if necessary. Again, it boils down to how well defined your sexual identity is and how well it's integrated, how, how closely you, you identify with a certain fantasy or a desire mm. and if it's closely it's, it's really part of your identity it's best to talk about that and hopefully your partner will be able to fulfill that but no, you i don't think it's necessarily desirable uh, no well it uh or, you know, it's possible to fulfill 100% of your Mm. partner's needs, sexually or otherwise.
0: Mm. Mm. Uh, Just, we've got time for one more uh, message that's come in on the SMS line from Anonymous, who says, My husband, all this is tough. My husband recently told me that when he was younger, he enjoyed dressing in women's clothing. He wants me to accept his behaviour wholeheartedly, whereas to me, it's a complete turn-off. Since he told me we haven't had sex, as I no longer see him as a real man, what can we do? Oh, that is tough, sure.
1: That's a tough one. You know what, uh, in in cases like that, because it's it's a sexual compatibility Mm. uh, problem and professional help is on the order of the day there to really go and sort that out. I don't say that it's, you know, that they won't be able to overcome it, you know, with good discussions and some guidance. Both of them may may be willing to shift a little bit Mm. in each other's direction. But if not, that's a tough one to overcome.
0: That must be difficult because I guess the person that you have known, you suddenly feel as if perhaps you, ha- you don't know them and that perhaps they exactly. are somebody else, which speaks to trust and intimacy and all the rest of it.
1: Yes. When I, when I speak to uh, partners on the verge of getting married or moving in together with one another, I always challenge them to say, you know, how well do you know each other? And there's some... There's a list of questions that I that I normally give to them to say go out and and, and fill out the, the, these questions and and start to share with one another you know these on these prompts because they normally guide you to have a relatively complete discussion of the relative expectations of one another. So yes, you know the best thing is to to be upfront and hopefully before you take that big step to to have sorted these things out. Uh, and I can understand that the partner will feel uh, you know, betrayed or something because this was in part of the of, of the person, and you didn't know about it. You know, so it, it, it is a tough one to to navigate.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, listen, we've uh, we've run out of time as we seem to do every week, uh, Rian. But it's great to have <laughs> you, and thanks so much for joining us. Before you go, please just give us your contact details in case people want to get in touch with you directly.
1: Thank you. It's 658 eight five double six eight or they can go to the website at mytherapy.coza.
0: Wonderful stuff. We'll chat again next week. Always a pleasure to have you on, Ryan. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, everybody.